One, two, one, two. Oh, baby. What's up, Paybot? Hotep Jesus, we back. With another sharp conversation with Hotep Jesus. You know who I am. I am that hotep, 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 Jesus dude. That hotep, Jesus dude. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. It's about to get lit, lit. I have a, a gracious guest, a wonderful guest, a beautiful guest, a notable guest. Somebody who. I have the, the privilege of speaking to today as she is on her ascent. You know, there's some people in their lives where you get to talk to them, but you're talking to them during their descent. They, you know, a few years past, they're a little too busy for you. They were a little too popping, but on their way down, they're like, oh, hey, let's have a chat. This, this individual is on their way up. Ladies and gentlemen, on the platform is none other than Kim Cleese. What up, Kim? Hello, how are you? I love the blazer. Fire. Fire Thank one time. You. Horns for the blazer one time. <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Shout out to the chat. Y'all know the rules. Share it out. Go hit the share button right now. <clears throat> Matter of fact, let me bring it up on the screen. <clears throat> Excuse me. My, my, I'm a little bit parched. Kamar Daniels has already shared the stream. Wait, oh. so can I see that or is it just you? Oh, no, nah, it's just me. Oh, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I'm about to read them out. Hold on. Let me, let me okay. pop this up on the screen. Boom. There you go. Appreciate you. Why is it? Oh, because YouTube is funny like that. Um, Haram life coming through clutch again. I appreciate you. Why won't it retweet? Just retweet. Yatu Sabes. Kim, um, it's an absolute pleasure to talk to you today. We yeah, got a couple of things. I know we're gonna we're gonna have a, a short interview today with you. Um, but we're gonna rip through these questions. All right, I just want to make sure we took care of that. Everybody, if you want to pay your tuition. Cause we about to go to class today. Hit the super chat, cash app, dollar sign, hotel, Jesus. So, Miss Kim Clasey. Um, I've had a lot of black conservatives on the platform. Oh, make sure we're back. Hold on. Okay, we're now we're back. I've had a lot of black conservatives on this platform. A lot of notable ones. They use this term. What I hear, conservative. I'd like for you to today to tell me, define in me what conservative means to you and how your conservatism is, I guess, different from others. Different from others. Okay. So for me, uh, protecting the American dream is how I define my conservatism. Okay. Um, I go back to What's the, the American 1960s. dream? Well, I go back to the 1960s. I'm a huge fan of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and also the late Congresswoman Shirley Chisholm. Mm. Uh, they were about protecting that American dream. And it's basically less government in your lives and, uh, you know, achieving the best. I mean, this is a country where you have the most opportunities, you know, in your hands and you could go as far as you want. Uh, and I try to take advantage of that. And then when I speak to people and I talk about it, uh, I say you can do the same thing, you know, I mean, for me, someone, a college dropout to be where I am today. I mean, that just shows you what kind of country we're living in. 
but camo and I leave my house, the boogeyman outside, white supremacy is at my door. What do you, what do you expect me to do? What are you going to tell me? I'm hurt. Racism. Yeah. I used to be a slave. So I, I hear a lot in Baltimore city, you know, people say a lot of the same things. And then I just say to them basically like, you know, how long has your life been like this? Right. Uh, usually people say you supported president Trump. Trump's a racist. How could you do that? And I'm like, all right, was your life the same before 2016? And they usually stop for a minute and they're like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. So it's not Trump, right? So, you know, we just kind of go through the motions and, and talk it out. But, you know, I just tell people, unfortunately, we live in a time where, and I call it, you know, people taking advantage of the urban struggle. You know, in Baltimore City, we got a lot of corruption. And so, unfortunately, we have a people in our offices uh, that basically leverage the urban struggle. They get federal funding. They get funding from the state. They never rectify the problems, but they end up taking that money. And then when they go back to request more funding and they do it annually, they still leverage that urban struggle. And to do that, you still have to have black people struggling in your city. Ooh. And so I try to explain to people that's really what's going on here. Um, I think, you know, to me, I don't know if you remember Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. He had a speech called uh, A Knock Before Midnight. And in that speech, he talked about the fact that it would get to a point where you had black people basically taking advantage of other black people as white people did back in the thirties and the forties. And, and so that's where we're at right now. I mean, he, he saw that to the future. We do have black people taking advantage of other black people living in poverty and they leverage that urban struggle to line their own pockets. That's what they do. Mm, mm. I don't know y'all. I don't know y'all. So Kim, one thing, when you come on my platform, I get to understand you and get to know you. And I'm getting agency vibes that you, you're just too perfect. You just, you, <laughs> you, you, you just nailed that question too good. So who do you work for the CIA, FBI, the same, the same agency as Ray Epps? <laughs> no, nah, you know, I really appreciate being on here because I feel like a lot of people don't know me. I feel like they compare me to uh, other conservatives that they see out there. And uh, I'm not the same. It's, we're not the same. We're not the same. That sounded that sounded eerily like a jab. Um, <laughs> Kim, you know, I, I, I was unsure. I said, if the conversation led me to ask this question, I would ask this question. And right there, it has led me to ask this question. What happened with you and Candace Owens? <laughs> so uh, we're in an ongoing lawsuit. I can't really talk a lot about it, um, but... Hmm. Uh, you know, who's being sued? Uh, I I am suing for defamation. Um, <laughs> like, here's the thing. I mean, you you can call me out of my name. You know, I understand when you're when you're a public figure, you're out there. People are gonna talk trash about you. They're gonna call you whatever. They're gonna say whatever about you. But when you accuse me of federal crimes, that's where I draw the line. You know, you, you don't accuse me of federal crimes. Like I'm out here, I'm gonna run for office again. I left a million dollars in the bank to run for office again. And I need people to trust me and understand that this is what I'm about. And so when you accuse me of money laundering and all kind of nonsense, uh, you know, I, I have no choice but to retaliate, you know, legally. That's what she accused you of, money laundering? Uh, there was a lot of accusations in that oh, 45 dang. minute video. <laughs> A 45 minute uh, video about you? It was 45. Look, I was, I was feeling a little, I was like, damn, I put 45 minutes, but no, I was, (laughs) 
I was like, all right, you know, it is what it is. But there was a lot of accusations there. Um, but yeah, money laundering was the biggest one, probably stealing or misusing campaign funds. And then uh, being a madam uh, of a strip club, that, that to me implies human trafficking. You know, these are very serious accusations. Damn. Yeah, she bugging. Damn. I didn't even know it was that bad. You gotta watch the video. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I saw, you know, I, we follow each other on Twitter. So I, I saw something and I was like, uh-oh, I fumbled my phone and I closed it off. I was like, uh-oh, they fighting. You know, I, sometimes I get scared, <laughs> right? Like when two titans clash and I'm like, uh-oh, the whole internet about to break. Let me go and mind my business, you know? So I don't die. Oh, she's, huh? she's a titan? She's a titan? Oh, 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 um, excuse Hi. me? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm learning something new. <laughs> damn, this how you come in, Kim? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah, there's some. It's a bit of animosity, and I can understand why. Hmm. I mean, I I took a trip last summer. I was in Texas, and I was running into random white folk. I'll call them red whites, and I expressed to them where I stood on the political aisle and they all said we love Candace Owen and uh I obliged I like yeah she's awesome yeah sure you know I I, I don't like to burst people's bubbles you know I they yeah. seem like they, they they enjoyed her her rhetoric um why why do people enjoy her why do you think people enjoy her um I think it's kind of like the music industry right I mean when you listen to the radio and they're playing the same top 10 songs over and over and over. And you're seeing the same top 10 commentators over and over and over. Like that's what people see, you know? And so I think that's what it comes down to when you're, when you, you know, turn into Fox news or any other news station, you're, you're hearing the same people over and over again, mm. then they're, you know, people are like, Oh, I know so-and-so or I, I watched so-and-so. And then, so that's what they see. Um, so I, that's how I compare it. Right. But we, we know that we have a lot of black conservatives, that are geniuses getting the conservative message out there, but they're not getting a whole lot of airtime, mm. um, but they should. Right. Mm. And so, um, you know, it, it comes down to marketing, branding. It comes down to who your PR team is. And it's, it's it really is like the music industry. Mm. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. She said they keep playing the top 10 songs. <laughs> <laughs> The top oh. 10 talking points, the top 10 songs, it's all the same. And she said, this shit is in rotation. <laughs> this is rotation. Wow. Cannon Hotez, a salute from Baltimore with love. Appreciate you, Cannon. Everybody be more <laughs> like Cannon. Um, wow, that was an excellent, that was an excellent response. Oh my God. Y'all, Kim is sharp. Um, all right, let's move along. Um, enough of talking about these people. Let's talk about the people who deserve more light. Future of the GOP. What do you see the future GOP? Last this week, I saw something about um, they not doing business with some vote uh, with some debate commission anymore. Did you see that? I saw yeah something a headline. I guess the RNC is requesting that for future presidential debates. Um, I saw the headline on it. I they, they, I think I think what they're doing is breaking up with this agency, right? And they're saying like we yeah. want to do our debates with Joe Rogan or something like that maybe right right but i don't i don't know how that makes sense because you know when you're 
when you're running for president, when you're doing anything like this, you're going to have to get as, in front of as many people as possible, right? So, and I tell people all the time, they're like, why do you go on Fox? Why do you go on Newsmax? Why do you go here? Why do you go there? You have to get in front of as many people as possible. Um, and even when I went on The View, right? Remember that whole debacle? People were like, why would you pull on there? You knew they were going to tear into you. And I'm like, because you have to get in front of people, right? No, no matter what anyone takes away from that interview, they were probably like, oh, now I know Kim Clayson, or, oh, let me go ahead and Google her, or, you know what I mean? So you have to get in front of people. And so to me, I don't know, I, I don't see how that works out for the Republican Party, but I guess we'll see what comes of it. Uh, you don't think they could just swap them out with like uh, Charlie Kirk? Let's say, Charlie, do all of our debates this year. It, but Charlie's, I mean, you know, the left Democrats, they're not watching Charlie. You're so right. like you have to get the other voters, right? You have to get independents, you have to get libertarians, you have to get Democrats. Mm. So and they're not watching Charlie. Mm. I mean, so it's 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 hard. It is tough. Um, and I know what they're trying to do. I understand it, but at the end of the day, you have to walk into the lion's den. And, and for me, if you're a candidate and you can't walk in front of somebody that hates you or despises you and answers their question, yeah, you're not ready for the job. Ooh, ooh. So if they don't go through this commission, that means they're not going to be debating any Democrats. Well, they could be debating Democrats. I don't know how many Democrats would actually sign up for that. Mm. But even if they did, you know that the questions are going to be biased. Mm. And so for me, if you can't go somewhere where, you know, it's not biased or in your favor, yeah. you're, you're not going to be prepared for the ultimate job, in my opinion. Mm. Mm. But that's um, just me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, tied to that DeSantis versus Trump, right? This is the whole thing. Um, I felt like Trump was still that dude. And it just seems like DeSantis is now the preferred candidate for the GOP, the RNC, the red whites. What, what's going on here? Uh, so I think at the end of the day, Trump will always be like the kingmaker, right? He's, he's going to be that guy. Uh. When people go to donate, they donate because Trump's name is on something. He co-signs it. You know what I mean? That's, okay. he's that guy. Mm. Now, a lot of people do like uh, Governor Ron DeSantis. They feel like he's a lot like Trump, but, you know, not as harsh. Mm -hmm. So that he might, you know, people might like him, whether they're independent, libertarian, whatever. Um, and I get that part of it. I, I mean, I like both of them. But at the end of the day, Governor Ron DeSantis isn't pulling in the kind of money that President Trump is pulling in. It's just... And he's not. And, and so at the end of the day, it's going to be Trump who says basically who's going to be the nominee for president in 2024. I personally don't think he's going to run. Uh, he could. Uh, but I don't I don't see it happening. Uh, and I think he does enjoy being the kingmaker. I mean, think about all the people that go down to Mar-a-Lago. I go. Right. All the people that go down to Mar-a-Lago and and try to you know get his blessing, get his endorsement, uh, because at the end of the day, you know, that's where the money is. I mean, you just say being at the Mar-a-Lago so casually. Like, I go. Wow. <laughs> Do you? Tell, I know. tell me about this Mar-a-Lago establishment. <laughs> it's actually a lot of fun. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people there that, you know, make a lot of noise in the media. Uh, it's usually where you meet the, the highest donors. You know, you, you build relationships with them. Are they there um, all the time? Like, can I just, do? I, what days do I have to show up? Well, you know, there's different days. Like, I, I don't have an invite all the time. The last time I was there was probably about maybe three weeks ago. Oh, you need an invite to be there. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> I was there with uh, Congressman uh, Jeff Van Dorn out of New Jersey. You know, I run a PAC, and we have uh, most of our PAC members running for the congressional level are in New Jersey. So I wanted to make sure he had their endorsement. I want to make sure that they meet President Trump and we get them as much money as possible. I don't think people realize this, but, but New Jersey is right on the cuff as Virginia is. Mm. And uh, we can flip those seats. Uh, the redistricting looks pretty good for at least two of our candidates. Mm. Um, so we're just trying to get them in the house, you know, any, any way we can. This Mar-a-Lago place, does it have rides like Disneyland or something? Like what, what, do, you, what do you do at this place? <laughs> I know you play golf, right? What do you do? No, <laughs> no you go in. I mean, people are, you know, chit-chatting, drinking, and, you know, everything's gold. Uh, and then, you know, President Trump comes out. He'll say, oh, um, you know, he's endorsing so-and-so. Uh, no. But interesting about it, and I'll say to people this, uh, which I've never seen from somebody in his position, hmm. he will endorse a, a candidate. And then when dinner starts, he actually goes out and he's eating with everybody else. He's talking to everybody. Like you could go right up to him and be like, Hey, what's up? You know I mean? He's, he's that kind of person where you can talk to him. You know, he has secret service and, and security in the room, but they don't stop you from talking to him. He likes to talk to people, get to know them, uh, which is very different from, from, from what I see, uh, you know, people in his position. So he is a people person for sure. Mm. Mar-a-Lago. You swim there? No, I've, I've only been to dinners there. I don't. Oh, but what, yeah. I was just wondering what you can do there and how much money I need to, I need to be there. There I just, is a pool there. There is a pool oh, there. there. Is yes, a pool. you okay. can do that. Yeah. Probably hot white women everywhere. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Um, January 6th, January 6th was a day of infamy. <laughs> Very tragic day. Agree or disagree? Uh, I don't condone what happened on January 6th. I don't, you know, it is what it is. I, I didn't think it was that big of a deal, but I don't condone what happened. Yeah. You don't condone what happened? Okay. You think they should have acted a little bit more mature, this crowd of people? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a strange situation. So you had thousands of people that came for the rally, and then you had maybe 300, 350 that went to the Capitol and they were trying to get in. You know what I mean? So it was like, there was a lot of people that went to the rally. It was like, oh, what are they doing? Right. So, so a lot of people actually left when they realized people were trying to enter the Capitol. Um, but, mm. you know, it's, you know, you had that, those people that tried to get in and they ruined it for everybody, I think. Uh, folks with some sense went home. Yeah, you know what's so crazy? I didn't go down. I was down there the day before. I didn't go down the six uh, just because I knew it was going to get crazy. Yeah. Um, but I was actually tweeting as I was watching it, and I said, "Wow, people are on the walls!" Like, you know, I'm at the Capitol here and there. Mm. I'm like, you know, they got snipers. I was like, <laughs> "Y'all better get off the wall!" Right? <laughs> so I'm, I'm tweeting that, and people are like, "Whose side are you on?" And I'm like, "They're about to get shot!" Like, <laughs> there's snipers out there. Like, and, and but people were mad at me. We're saying, you know, you guys, you're going to get hurt. This is stupid. This is dangerous. Yeah. Um, you know, so it was very hard to understand because in any other situation, I think the Capitol Police would have been firing at people that were scaling the walls. Hmm. Um, so it was interesting that they didn't. Uh, but, you know, hopefully they'll, they'll figure that all out. I, I don't know. I don't think the January 6th commission is really about anything. I think it's more like political theater. I don't think they're going to find out anything. Uh, but 
you know, we'll see what happens. It's not like they're just wasting our money. Oh. And they're wasting our money always. There's <laughs> always some kind of commission. I and mean, people should know that, right? You've got the Russian collusion, right? That was a thing. They were wasting our money with that, right? There's always something that they're wasting our money with. And so people should understand, like, all the time, it's about money 24-7. And then think about it. You walk away. Remember Benghazi, the Benghazi committee? Yeah. You walk away, nobody gets arrested. Nobody goes to jail. <laughs> but millions of dollars were spent. And you're just like, okay, so now what? And nothing happens. <laughs> <laughs> nothing happens. They filibuster in. Um, yeah. Kim, bring Hotep yeah. Jesus as your date next time you go. Hey, we going to Mar-a-Lago. Uh, <laughs> All right, let's go. Hey. Kim, <laughs> since you're in the Illuminati now, are there shapeshifters and lizards and demons behind the curtains? Have you seen any of these things? Oh, in D.C.? Damn, yeah. There's probably lizards and shit in the swamp. There's a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot. You know what I mean? It's it's um it's interesting. You know, I I, I ran for office because I wanted to do better for Baltimore. Hmm. Um, there's a lot of people that, I mean, you wouldn't believe the stuff that they pulled. And uh, there was a lot of hate that came my way. I mean, I ran in a district that could not be won. And, you know, in a lot of people's opinion. Is a D plus 44. Um, but yes, it got a lot of attention. We raised over $8.4 million for it. I didn't hold a gun to anybody's head. They donated that money. You know what I mean? And, and so people were excited about it, you know? And, and so, but people look at me and say, well, how dare you, you know, get all that attention for a race you couldn't win? How dare you, you know, it's a grift, it's this. And I, and I look at it, I'm like, if you know how to read an FBC report, like for me, I could have took a salary running for office mm. and, and I could have done that, but I didn't because I wanted every dollar to go to winning. Mm. So I didn't take a salary. I didn't have any access to the treasury report. So when I, when I was accused of money laundering and all this stuff, I was like, what, who said that? Right. I, I yeah. was like, Portia Williams, like, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was crazy because I was getting accused of all these things that I just did not do. But in a campaign like that, I could have took a six figure salary, but right. I didn't. And, uh, you know, but there's a lot of people that do want to get paid off of this entire political theater life. And I understand that we paid consultants way more than they deserve to be paid. Um, I didn't sign any of my contracts. I had a manager. I had a lot of people on staff. They're the ones that figured it all out. You know, that some of them didn't do a great job. I can't go back and change that, you know, but at the end of the day, my name is on it. So I'm the one that's held accountable for it. And I get that. Um, but you know, unfortunately in a campaign decisions are made when you're not in the room, right? You're at an event, you're meeting people, you're knocking doors, you're doing this, you're trying to get an endorsement. I was never in the room when these decisions are made. And, and so I think some people don't understand that. And that's for Democrats, Republicans, whatever people should understand. Yes, it's our name on it and we got to take responsibility for it. But for the most part, we don't make these decisions. Mm. Um, and that's part of the swap, right? And so you have these consultants, you have these people that are like, oh, I got your back. I can do this. I can do that. I mean, even when we ran our race, when the first $2 million came in, you know, we had people calling us like, oh, you need this consultant. You need this person. You need that person. Yeah. And, you know, and they're getting kickbacks for introducing them to us. You know what I mean? It's, it's all about money. I say it's like, you know, baby showers and weddings, right? They, they're going to make that money. Um, but meanwhile, the candidate, for the most part, want to do the right thing. 
but it, it's hard because it's you're going this way and that way. It's tough, but the swamp is definitely deep. And, and so I say, you know, this whole attack on me and my character and saying that I stole money and all this, please know that there were a lot of people involved in, in trying to push that narrative forward. Um, there are a lot of people that don't want me to run again because they're like, well, you know, she's going to have Trump's endorsement. She's going to make millions of dollars. And if she runs in a district that she can't win, again, that takes money from us. So there's a lot of people, Hotep, that don't want me to run at all. Mm. Um, and it's, it, it's sad, but that's the reality. Mm. Why they hate why they front yeah. <laughs> That's terrible. It is, but um, it's, it's how it goes. You mentioned something about uh, D4 plus 44, would you say? A D44. A so, D40, uh, what is that? So for every 44 Democrats, there might be one Republican. <laughs> oh my God. It's kind of like that. It's kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, um, so, but you know, what's crazy about it in our district, we outperformed Joe Biden by 15 points. So we actually flipped in Baltimore city alone. We had over 90,000 votes, but in Baltimore city alone, we flipped 14,000 Democrats. Mm. That's like unheard of, never happened. Yeah. So, you know, I was really proud of my team. We made top 10 Republicans across the country. Um, but you know, it, it was still a very tough climb and we, we ran against Paisi and Fume, right? He's the former Congressman, former president of the NAACP. I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's a big name and, uh, I met him multiple occasions. Nice guy. I would never say anything wrong about him. Uh, and that was another thing. People were like, we could hit him from this. We could hit him from that. Right. And you're like, Oh, we should bash him for this. And I'm like, you know, what does that get you at the end of the day? Like voters to me, and I could be wrong, but voters to me don't care about you fighting each other, right? They want to know what it is you're going to do when you get in office. Mm. They don't care about, you know, some relationship you had 20 years ago, you know? So for me, I was like, no, we don't have to take that route. Let's just talk about us bringing career opportunities, opening up the port, you know, doing things in Baltimore City that people want to hear about. And so, you know, people said, oh, well, that, that probably cost you a little bit. You should have fought harder. And I'm like, at the end of the day, when you fight somebody on their reputation or whatever they got going on, it really hurts their family. It, it, it's not about them. It hurts their family. And he's got a wife. He's got kids. He's got grandkids. I'm like, what, what do you gain out of that? Right. Yeah. You, you walk away. You can still lose. And all you did really is hurt his family members. He's got grandkids going to school that have to now deal with that. And so I, I do say, you know, people should take that in consideration. You know, when you're you're lashing out at people, it usually hits hurts the kids that are involved in it. Yeah, that's terrible. That's terrible. Yeah. Um, I have an, an important question. It'll be all up in your okay. business, as usual. Let's talk about some money here. You said okay. you raised eight million, and people are accusing you of working with John Gotti and whatnot. <laughs> Kim, you had a video. You were strutting in the red. The heels was boom, boom, and it went viral. I saw the shit. I was like, God damn. Oh, thanks. Um, Kim, who shot the video? How much did it cost? <laughs> oh, so believe it or not, that was before they got big, right? So mm. Benny Johnson, he's Charlie Kirk's friend. He came to me, you know, dropped in my Twitter DMs. He was like, Kim, you don't have a campaign ad yet. I saw your district. Um, I swear to God, I can make you money with a campaign. 
And I said, all right, you know, come to Baltimore. So they did, you know, we shot that video in about four hours. It was 106 degrees that day. Mm. It was hot as hell. Then, <laughs> you know, it's so funny because he was like, all right, we're going to walk the streets of Baltimore. So I need you to show up in like sweatpants and hiking boots. And I was like, <laughs> I thought you followed me on Twitter. Like, <laughs> yeah, right? like what? I don't do sweatpants and hiking boots. So I, I was like, look, I'm going to dress like me. Are we going to do the video? So I showed up in my outfit and he was like, how are you going to walk around like this for four hours? And I'm like, I'm a woman. This is what we do. <laughs> so we shot the video, but um, that video actually only cost us five grand. Um, wow. But that was before they blew up. Right. That, that was so now they're, team. Yeah. They're a whole media company and people should know Arsenal media, regardless, they do have good prices. They do do good stuff. They, they do. Okay. Um, I wouldn't say that about every media company. Arsenal does good stuff. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. um, I'm going so to $5,000 into $8 million. How about hustling? No, Ooh, that was a flip. <laughs> that was a flip. I need one too. I'm going to be walking in some boots or something. I'm going to call them up. I need one too, man. That thing was hot. I, 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 mine's not going to go viral though because I don't look pretty in a red dress. So. It's just not going to work. Cannon said, Kim, how do you feel about Brandon Scott? Oh, so they must live in Baltimore. <laughs> yes, he does. Yes, he does. So here's the thing. I've actually, I knew Mayor Brandon Scott before I ran for office, right? He was on city council and I was working my nonprofit. We do workforce development, you know, help women get back to work. And so there was a situation where I was in West Baltimore years ago and I had a bunch of kids going back to school that didn't have their school uniforms. And I reached out to everybody. I'm like, I'm like, you know, emailing, writing letters, whatever, whatever. I actually dropped into Mayor Brandon Scott's DMs and I was like, dude, school is in two days. I got kids with no school uniform at all. And he was like, all right, let's do this. And it was Mayor Brandon Scott that got those kids school uniforms so they could show up on the first day of school proper. So I will always give him props for the fact that he does care about the people of Baltimore. And, I, and we haven't had a mayor that I feel like really cared about the people. He does care. The problem is he's more of an activist than a mayor, right? And, and that's two totally different things. Like when you're implementing policy and you're affecting daily lives, right? You got to run the city like a business. This is a business, right? So you're, you're investing in things where you'll get the return and, and your constituents will get the return, right? They don't reach out to, to corporations. They don't try to get career opportunities. I talk about all the time, the port, as soon as we were relying on other countries for PPE during the pandemic, they should have said, look, let's bring that billion dollar medical equipment industry back through the port of Baltimore. We got Hopkins, we got all these hospitals. Bring it back to the port, get all these people like paid career training. And there were people making phone calls. And so this is where Trump came into my campaign. So I'm sitting there, Eric Trump, there was people like, look, people are calling up like, look, we can set up shop today in Baltimore, but we don't wanna deal with the people running Baltimore. So they were like, Kim, can you win this? And I'm like, let's go. Right? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I mean, what am I gonna say? No. Yeah. I'm like, let's go. So I'm I'm meeting with all these people that want to set up shop, manufacturing, warehouses, everything, and they're like, all right, this is what we want to do. This is what, but you have to win. 
Because if you don't win, we got the open air drug market right outside our front door. If you don't win, we're not going to be able to get our management team here to set up shop, right? So they're like, you have to win. And so there was a lot going on behind the scenes. And that's why people were like, oh, President Trump talks about Kim all the time. Because look, there was an invested interest in making Baltimore City the manufacturing powerhouse it used to be. Uh, and, and to see all of that kind of go down the drain, I mean, it, it hurt. It hurt. And, and so, you know, it is what it is. Mayor Bram Scott, I think he has potential, but he has to leave this whole like progressive mindset alone. Like he, he has to focus on investing in things that will return. Like you can't just sit here and be like, oh, you know, we're going to end plastic bags. Well, okay, you ban plastic bags. Who does that hurt? <laughs> right? All the mom and pop shops that are selling, you know, fried chicken on the corner, they're using plastic bags. They're now having to find alternatives. You know what else they did? They banned styrofoam. Now, when's the last time you've been to like a chicken shack and they didn't have styrofoam to put the chicken <laughs> in? Right? So now they're paying more to put them in something different, like plastic boxes. Like why hurt the people that you, you are trying to help? And I, I think honestly, he can't just connect the dots. I think that's what it comes down to. I, I don't think he's a bad why. person. I know why. I know why. Cause there's a white guy around, and he's a liberal, liberal. Kenny Hotep. He said, "I know Quasi fool me. He good people. Well, yes. you should have won." Thank you, thank you. Yes, Quasi Fume, I will say that all day. Quasi Fume is good people. Mm. When I my first my first ever forum when I came out saying that I was going to run. It was Kwaisi and Fume. It was like 25 people there talking about they're going to run. Kwaisi and Fume came all the way across the room and was like, you have potential. He said, you went the wrong party, but you have potential. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, thank you. He got, I said, I'm not switching to parties, though. I can't get down with y'all. And he goes, I understand, but just know you have potential. And, and But Kwaisi is good people. I just feel like, you know, he doesn't have like that energy right now, that passion. Right. When you first get started, you're passionate about it. I can't stand AOC and anything she stands for, but people cannot say that she's not passionate. She believes in what she believes in. Right. Right. And then you look at people that have been there forever. What is Nancy Pelosi passionate about? Uh -oh. What is Mitch McConnell passionate about? Chuck Schumer, they're not passionate about anything. They're, they're making money. And so that's the difference. You got to elect people that are passionate. Well, this, this, this Kwesi and Fumi, is he a Democrat? Is that the party he belongs to? He is a Democrat. Um, you know what's so funny? I think he's more like a, a Kennedy Democrat because he's not progressive at all. Uh, um, you know, we went through redistricting. We have the maps right now in the courts because it's crazy. Yeah. And he even said himself, and, and I don't think his, his Democrat colleagues liked it, but he said the maps should be fair, right? Mm -hmm. It should be reflective of those that live here. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's the only one that came out and said that. Really? Okay. Yeah. Sounds like good peoples. Um, he, is, he is good people. He's good people. Pandemic. People are dropping like flies everywhere. Everybody's dying. Um, <laughs> it's the dangerous mutations afoot. How have you been taking it? Have you have you gotten the bug? Oh yeah, I did. I got how, vaccinated. How many times? So I'm not boosted. I am vaccinated. I actually got COVID in the very beginning. And uh, I had the worst asthma attack I ever had in my life. Oh, wow. um, it was it was bad. 
And so, you know, I, I had COVID and then they were talking about you had to get vaccinated because, you know, I still deal with a lot of people. And at that time they were saying you being vaccinated helps others. And I, I believe that I was like, oh, OK. Mm. Um, and I know that wait, I meet wait, people wait, I wait, travel wait, wait. a lot. Mm. Rewind. When was this? This was when it first started. Remember Trump was talking about warp speed? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I was so not was it was it was it pretty much everybody around you had that same mindset, that senses? There was a lot of people, you know, I'm in Baltimore. So there, there was a lot of people that said, you know, I think it will help other people if you're vaccinated. We found uh, out that wasn't true. Okay. Um, and so I didn't get the vaccine because I was like, I already had it. I like I had it. Yeah. And then I have jobs, right? I, I work for a radio station, I work for other corporations and mm. They were like, you have to have it. And I was like, all right. And then my mom's calling me. My mom's so scared of COVID. It's not even funny. Make sure you She's get like, Kimberly, <laughs> Kimberly, I just had my booster. When are you going to vaccinate? So, you know, I'm like, all right, mom. She's like, you know, so I, and she, of course, she was like, well, I don't know if you could come to my house for Christmas if you're not vaccinated. <laughs> and I'm like, really? <laughs> So I, you know, I, I got vaccinated. I have not, I'm not boosted. I don't, I don't feel like that's a thing. I, I understand there's, there were, you know, people look at their vaccination cards. There's four lines, yeah. right? So you got, if you got two shots, you got the two vaccine. I got Pfizer. Uh -huh. And then you're like, well, what's the other two lines for? I, I feel like they were already preparing for this, uh. right? It was already kind of like, you know, you, you knew what they wanted to do. Uh. And, and again, I'm just kind of like, it, it's crazy, but. Uh, believe it or not, after being vaccinated, I was, that was the first time I'd been sick, like with the cold uh. and probably over a year. And, and I talked to people every day, you know, even during the campaign. I mean, I would shake 200 hands a day and I did not get sick. Right. But after that, I got sick. Oh, Lord. But I am vaccinated. I am vaccinated. All right. So that's a big issue, right? Everybody feels like, you know, Trump is bugging over the, the whole needle situation. Um. Well, it was Trump's vaccine. I, so I don't understand that conversation. Like it was literally warp speed. I mean, it, it was his, it was his baby. Right. And so when I, when I see people talking about him, like, what's he supposed to do down his own baby? Like, you know what I mean? Like it didn't make sense to me, but I understand why people were feeling that way. There are other methods to deal with COVID. I get that there's treatments. I get that everybody's different. Everybody's going to want their own thing. I think it's odd, honestly, that we're even talking about people's personal choices when it comes to their health. I, I think it's odd. Mm. Like you weren't worried about me when I was taking birth control, right? I mean, like, like I'm, I'm just like I'm not, I'm not understanding why my health choices are, are anyone's business. And, and so we have gotten to a point now where we have normalized making somebody else's health your business. Mm. I, I don't, I don't get that. Mm, yeah, yeah, I don't like that either. Um, uh, there's a Jessica afoot. Uh, I, I think her name is Jessica Ramirez and she is upset at Joe Rogan. She has sent a Karen letter to Spotify. Did you hear about that? No, I did not hear about that. Yeah. You know, they said Joe Rogan's a right wing extremist. Well, I don't know if she said that, but she said that he's problematic with his toxic masculinity platform. There's a Rolling Stone daily beast have said about. He said, a bastion of toxic masculinity. Um, they're upset that the information, like the gentleman, uh, what's, who's the doctor, Robert Malone, you familiar with that name? Malone, yeah. Mm -hmm. They were upset that he platformed this guy. 
Have you been following this? Yeah, I did hear about that. Yeah. Okay. Where do you uh, stand on all of this? Are you, are you a fan of Joe Rogan or are you like Joe Rogan? Why are you sending out this dangerous misinformation? I mean, I think Joe Rogan has, I mean, he, he makes a lot of good points. I mean, think about it. He said things that people said was a conspiracy theory and it turned out to be true. Right. Uh-oh. I mean, he is, he's on top of things, obviously he has, you know, some critical thinking skills. I don't know. You know, he did say not too long ago that Michelle Obama could beat Trump in the president's race. I was like, I don't know about that, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, he's, he's a critical thinker. Uh, I don't know why people would get mad at him. Like, look, you have your own podcast. You have your own show. As far as I know, we all have freedom of speech, right? This is what I was talking about earlier, getting back to the American dream. Like, Dr. King always talked about, America's got to be true to what it said on paper, right? And as soon as you start wavering from that is when you have issues, right? If Joe Rogan wants to talk about whatever he wants to talk about on his podcast, let him, all right? And Jessica, Karen, whatever your name is, (laughs) You go and get your own podcast and then you talk about what you want to talk about, right? Like, I don't understand why people are like that. I mean, I guess I'm I'm a little more old school, um, maybe. Mm. Um, but I, I kind of like to mind my business. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Um, let me ask you this question. If you were in charge, I waved a magic wand and somehow you just ended up in the executive branch, right? It's It's like Biden, Kamala, then you. You're like third in power. What would you do? You know, they're saying right now the pandemic has been a disaster. People are looking at the Biden administration like you failed us, master. You failed us. This is the, the approval ratings are in the gutter. What would you do right now today, knowing that his ratings in the gutter to pull the Biden administration out of the mud? Oh, you want me to help them? Okay. Well, assuming you 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 <laughs> had to, right? Assuming they were like, look, Republicans, please help us. We're going to destroy their country because he's practically destroying the country. I mean, look at the prices. Yeah. Um, gosh, they're so far deep. You know what I mean? It's, it's tough. <laughs> it is tough. Like when you're looking at like the supply chain issues, you're looking at people talk about the gas prices. We were more energy independent at one point in time under Trump. You look at the southern border, they're not doing anything about that. I don't know if you saw Department of Homeland Security said they lost 50,000 migrants within the country. How do you lose migrants? Look, here's my thing about that whole issue. And people say I'm mean. I'm not mean, all right? You lost 50,000 migrants coming across the southern border. You are not losing 50,000 people in the hood. I know that much. (laughs) I know that much. But you you lost 50,000 migrants? Nah. So to me, I don't get with that at all. I don't. And and so, you know, there's a lot going on with this. And I would probably say, look, you know, you guys did the best you could. Let me handle this. Right. I would have to get on the phone with Pete Buttigieg. Right. Mary. <laughs> like, look, I know you had your baby. I got it. Come back to work. <laughs> we got some real transportation issues. You know, and this is one of the things that I ran on. Uh, we wanted to get CDL licensing for those that wanted it. And uh, Maryland New Directions is a nonprofit in Baltimore. They were working with Allstate and they were doing behind the wheel training. And it was $2,000 a head, which is really nothing. If you think about how much money our government spends. I said, we could have so many people helping out with the trucker shortage. And this is before Biden got in office. We already had a trucker shortage. I don't think people knew that. And I said, look, 
you make good salaries, you have benefits. There are some truckers that make close to six figures and you get to get out of Baltimore City. Who doesn't want that, right? I was like, I was like, look, we have people that want to do that. And so that was one of the things that I ran on. Allstate was like, let's talk about it. You know, once you get an office, we'll talk about a, a government contract. But, but that's the kind of things that I wanted, right? I, I wanted to invest in people and make sure that we kept this country running. And had we done that, had I been in office, had we really pushed for that, it would have helped. Had we did more of what Governor Ron DeSantis did immediately, right? He was taking in ships through his port. Baltimore City has the second largest port in the country. I don't think people know that. We mm. dug it deeper. And we don't utilize it, right? You had uh, President Biden came and spoke in front of it, right? They, they talk in front of it, but they don't utilize it. And that's the difference. Like, you have to get it. You've got to do the work. You can't just showboat it. That's not working for the average American. So I, if it were me, I would say, let me just handle it. Biden, go back to the basement. Go to your beach house. I got it. Kamala Harris, I don't even know where you've been, but just go back to where you were <laughs> and let me handle it. Let me hire my people. <laughs> oh, man. And we'll get it done. Yeah, we'll get it done. Um, Kim, um, I'm, I'm like sort of kind of sort of anarchist. Um, Anarcho capital, not ancom, you know, those crazy white boys that destroy things in the name of Black Lives Matter. Not that kind. Um, the okay. peaceful kind. Um. <laughs> So I don't believe government should exist or, and, or I should say I'm strongly doubtful. Let's say that I'm circling that strongly doubtful. It should exist. Um, would you agree or disagree? If you disagree, what is the purpose of government? So here's the thing. I do think less government is more, but if the government didn't exist, uh, I do feel like our people would still be in chains. I have to be honest with you. Um, I think that there came to a point where the government, they, they acknowledge the fact that we were here, we weren't going anywhere, and that you had to treat us at some point in time somewhat equal. Now, was it really equal? No, but I think they acknowledge that. And without that, I think it would have still been chaos. I think it would have still been kind of what we saw even before the civil rights movement. So I. I do think it does serve a purpose. And that's why I say to people, the one thing that really helped us, I think, at the end of the day, was the Constitution. I, I really do believe that. But beyond that, you know, all this other stuff that they're doing, right, the, the welfare state, the government-assisted programs, that hurt us. And, and I tell people this all the time. When Lyndon Johnson introduced uh, the government-assisted welfare program, they basically asked the Black woman, let's be honest, to marry the government rather than the father of their children, right? Mm. Because when you have Section 8 housing, the dad can't live there. And, and I, I would tell people about this. You know, you know how many white people don't know that, mm. that fact? Yeah. And I say they don't know. They yeah. really do not know. You know, it's not like they're trying to be racist. That's they true. have no clue what's going on in our, our neighborhoods. That's true. They don't know. That's true. And, and so when you explain it to them, they're like, oh, wow, I, I didn't realize that. So was that why the family structure is broken? Right. Yes. But but you have to educate people. And this is why I tell the Republican Party, you know, they're like, oh, we have to educate black people on, on what we bring and the values and the conservatism. You also have to educate the other side on what we're dealing with within our own neighborhoods. Right. And so this is why I'm against any kind of language like the Democrat plantation. Just so you know, this is how me and Candace got in a fight originally, because oh. I'm like, 
stop with the, you know, black people are brainwashed. We're not brainwashed, right? We, we, we are not, okay. right? Uh, we get it. We understand classism. We understand people using us for the, you know, they use the urban struggle to get funding. Yeah. We got that. We understand what we're up against, right? We're just trying to get our footing there. Mm. And, and that, to me, that talking point is so lazy, right? When you look at what's going on in Baltimore City, we have, I think it comes down to 10, over 10,000 nonprofits in Baltimore City. Mm. Our mayor, Mayor Brandon Scott, got $641 million for the American Rescue Plan. Do you know where he's investing that? Where? In nonprofits. You know who runs those nonprofits? White liberals. White liberals make so much money off of the urban struggle. So when you see all of these, and you know this, the, all the addiction clinics and the recovery clinics, they don't want you to get better because they're going to lose their job. They want you to remain consistently depending on them. So some people will tell you, and, and this is me talking to people in the neighborhood. They're like, you know, what they're giving me at the clinic, that's more addictive than what I get on the street. And you're like, really? And, and because that's how it's set up. And so these are the things that we need to change. When Malcolm X said our worst enemy in the black community was a white liberal, he told no lies, okay? They are taking advantage of us. And then you have black people that decided that they were going to get on board with that because they were making money. Yeah. And that's what's going on. That's the interaction there. And, and so, you know, we could say it's white supremacy, but, but yes, they kept in place that system because now they benefit from that system. And, and that's the problem. Hmm. Um, right, I'm rambling. <laughs> no, no, no. This, this, is, this is a great, wonderful point. You, you're getting my noggin jogging. Um, there's a couple of things there, right? The, the, the slave rhetoric, right? You said you don't like the slave rhetoric, right? I don't like it. Um, why not? I don't think that persuades voters, right? We would knock on doors all the time and we say, hey, you know, first of all, a lot of black people, when we knock on doors, they say, you're the first Republican I've ever met, right? Because Republicans <laughs> don't go into the inner cities. Yeah. You're like, you're a Republican? Oh my God, right? And they're like, oh, you're black? Oh my God, <laughs> right? So it's like, and then you're trying to persuade them for their vote and they're like, oh, we heard so-and-so say this or so-and-so say that. And I'm like, look, you know, that's that's TV, right? That's ratings. That's that's the, what, I, what did we talk about earlier? The, the music industry, that's the top 10 talking points, right? It's on rotation. Don't listen to that. Right. <laughs> listen to me, right? We're talking about school choice. We're talking about career opportunities. We're talking about trade schools. We're talking about what you need to get out of the situation that you're in. And so that's like, you know, I tell people all the time, you know, at, at any regular campaign or election, you knock on a door, you might be there for like three minutes saying, hey, here's my literature, vote for me, da-da-da, right? We would knock on a door, we would be on somebody's front porch for like 20 minutes. Because we would have to explain to them, yes, I'm a Republican. Here's where I stand. Here's what I want to help with you. Here's why that Republican you see on TV is a dingbat. And here's what we're doing now. Right? Like that's, that's what it comes down to. Like You're there literally trying to persuade them for their vote. And, and we did well. Like I said, we had 14,000 Democrats in Baltimore City alone that voted for us. And, and my team was amazing. They did not sleep all the time when they were out there. Uh, but at the end of the day, it took a long time because just the amount of time it took to change one vote was, you know, unbelievable. Mm, 
Mm, mm, mm. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, Kim, I told you I was going to let you slide up out of here, but I can't let you slide up out of here without first answering my question. Okay. What is the purpose of government? <laughs> <laughs> what is the purpose of government? Yeah. Well, you gave me, you gave me the, you gave me the, uh, the, the, the White House press secretary. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> I'm going to circle back. I'm going to circle nah, back. <laughs> now, government, it is, it is necessary in, in certain ways, right? Local government, it is necessary, right? That those that go in the General Assembly, our local delegates, state senators, those that make the laws on the ground, that is definitely pertinent. Like, when you're thinking about trash pickup, you're thinking about, I mean, you got to remain some kind of order. What people see on Capitol Hill today, a lot of that is nonsense, right? A lot of that is political theater. Um, I always say a lot of politicians never let a crisis go to waste, right? There's a lot of people right now that is fundraising on COVID and everything surrounding the pandemic. And they have been since day one. Um, and it's sad. And so stuff like that, I don't see the need for um, but at the end of the day, like if I get on Capitol Hill, I'll tell you the first thing I want to do. And, and some Republicans get mad at me about this, uh, but I want to uh, have oral contraceptives over the counter. And I'll just explain really quickly. This is birth control pills this is before conception. This is not plan B pill. It's before conception. Uh, you know, we hear a lot about Planned Parenthood. Remember that whole campaign, defund Planned Parenthood? Well, people understand Planned Parenthood receives funding based on the fact that they provide that oral contraceptive. And a lot of young women get their oral contraceptives from Planned Parenthood. 35 other countries across the world already have it over the counter, right? Our FDA regulates it because they want to have that monopoly on it. But we have enough free clinics, we have enough doctors where women can get their pelvic exams, they can make sure they're a good candidate, and we can provide it over the counter. And so we hear a lot about people saying, oh, I'm pro-choice, I'm pro-life. That, that fight will never end until we have a solution. And so when you look at those other 35 countries, the only way they dropped those rates in abortion is because they provided oral contraceptives over the counter. And so that's the number one thing that I wanna push for when I get on Capitol Hill. And believe it or not, that's also on AOC's agenda. And that would be a great time for us to have a, a, a bipartisan collaboration. You like AOC? I don't really like her, but I, I uh, I respect her marketing, her mm. passion, mm. Uh, but I don't, I don't think I like her. I like, I don't like what she says, mm. but I get it. Like, so, so people are like, you should attack AOC more. And I'm like, you know, AOC out here doing her thing. Like mm. if you were doing your thing, like you would, you would rise above it. Right. So to me, I'm like, I can get on Capitol Hill and do my thing. And you wouldn't even hear about AOC. Cause I, I would just be killing it. <laughs> Uh oh, I, I I I would agree. I would agree. Everybody knows AOC is my boo. Um, oh my god, she won't she won't follow me back on Twitter yet, but it's all good. Um, but yeah, I think I think you would kill it on Capitol Hill. I think you would absolutely you. kill it. Absolutely. Um, what's your platform? Before we get out of here, tell people your platform. I, I yes. think I think in political talk that means like, uh, the 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 stuff that you're fighting for, right? Or something like that? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So uh, oral contraceptives, like I said, that would be number one. Uh, bringing manufacturing back to the U.S. Uh, whether people want to realize it or not, you know, we lost a lot when we let manufacturing go overseas. 
you know, we can put provide incentives for corporations to want to make sure it comes back here in America. Um, I think we should be supporting people like Elon Musk. Uh, I think he has a lot of great ideas. I don't know why people ignore him or act like he's a problem, especially those like Senator Elizabeth Warren, who's about electric vehicles. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't get that part of it. Um, but I think we do need to start moving in that direction. Um, but I do look at, remember that everybody was stuck on 95 in Virginia? Remember that? Who? Oh, yes, yes, yeah. I remember that a couple so days I, ago. I was wondering, and I mean, I could ask you this. What would you do if you had an electrical vehicle and then you, you couldn't, like, because you need gas, like, because I'm thinking people ran out of gas on 95. They were there for 24 hours. Right. So what do you do when you have an electric vehicle in that situation? Right. I know they was cold. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what people do in that situation. So I don't know. We can move in that direction, but I don't want to mandate it. I think the Biden administration wants to really move in that direction. I think we should allow people to want to move in that direction. Uh, similar to remember President Obama had the um, what was that? He had that that uh, stimulus yeah. where he had people turn in their older cars. They got the newer cars right. and better on gas. Yeah, I think we should be able to you know allow that to happen again. Um, you know, there, there's things that we can bring back that we did long before uh, that I think did work. And then also we need less government. We don't talk about balancing the budget. Uh, we we don't have a money problem in this country. We have a spending problem. Mm. Uh, our government spends a lot of money and on a whole bunch of nonsense. And so we need to pull that back. And also, you know, whatever committee assignment that I would receive. Uh, I would want to talk about the fact that, look, if we're going to sit on these committees, we got to get something done. Like if I was sitting on the Benghazi committee and nobody went to jail after that, I'm going to be pissed. Mm. Right. So like, you know, any regular citizen, you or I, if we were in that situation, we would be behind bars. And so we have to make sure where there's, you know, not just rules for me and not for me. I, I think it should be equal across the board, mm. whether you sit in office or not. And so we have a lot of people getting away with a lot of stuff. Um, on Capitol Hill. Uh, do you remember the slush fund book? Mia Love talked about it. Mm -hmm. She was uh, uh, in office in Utah. Mm -hmm. You remember that? Mm -hmm. So there's a slush fund book on Capitol Hill. It's actually sitting in the Treasury Department. And there is, uh, gosh, $17 million paid out to sexual assault victims from those that are in Congress. We need to open that book up. These people should not be in office. And, uh, you know, our tax, our tax dollars shouldn't go to silencing your victims. That's another thing that we should not be doing. Um, but yeah, lowering taxes is a good one. Uh oh, are you there? Yep. There. Lowering taxes is a good one, and then uh, of course, uh, like I said, just doing the right thing by people. Uh, we see a lot of people, you know, stuffing money in their own pockets. Like I talked about the corruption in Baltimore City. You know, open the books, find out where some of that money had gone. Mm. We sent millions of dollars to Baltimore City after the Freddie Gray riots. Mm. You can look in West Baltimore right now. It looks just like it did back in 2015. Uh, it's 2022. That should have been cleaned up a long time ago. So things like that, trying to figure out where some of that money went and making sure that money hits the streets rather than other people's pockets. Mm. Indeed. Indeed. That's the problem. Um. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, did you have fun tonight? I did. Are people trashing me in the comments? Because I can't see. Uh, they're probably. They're saying, well, it's about 100 people here saying you're ugly. 
You look uh-huh. crazy. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, no, I'm joking. <laughs> no, nah, the chat's mama. cool. <laughs> no, nah, the chat's cool. Everybody good, yo. Everybody having a good time in the chat. Press one in the chat if we having a good time. Now the chat, okay. the chat's good. They having fun. We got a, uh, Ronnie said, great interview. Um, uh, thank you. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, I think this was a, an amazing experience. Was it, was it what you expected? Yeah, no, I, was, I thought you were going to be tougher on me. I do watch a lot of your stuff. And uh, you um, were talking about, was it the banks? The, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I saw that video. Mm. I did. I, I was like, I thought, I thought you were going to be tougher on me. Um, and I know we had words before about yeah. reparations. You you had a whole McDonald's cut. And you didn't see that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a whole McDonald's. It is empty too. <laughs> it's like some leftover iced tea. Look, so no, I, I thought you were gonna be hard on me. I know before we talked about reparations. Yeah. And uh so you know. But it is good because well, I think since people you brought it up. <laughs> well let's talk about my my myself for a second i was going through something at that time and yeah i i've grown a lot since that moment since i was spat since my passionate spat at you on twitter and um i apologize i apologize i don't i don't usually apologize i don't like apologizing but um as I grow, I, I find a need to just mend things, even if it doesn't need to be necessary, you know? So I apologize for my actions that day. Um, so let's talk about it. The, the... I accept your apology. Hey! <laughs> reparations, right? You know, how could you be against reparations? <laughs> well, look, this is the thing, and, and I know, you know, we had our back and forth, but you want the same government that you think we don't need to give out the reparations. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, it ain't going to be right. <laughs> so, so it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me because it's like, <laughs> you know, it's going to be a hot mess. You know, at the end of the day, it's going to go to white liberals and Black Lives Matter. And <laughs> like, so to me, I'm like, there's other things that we can do within our community to make sure that we can rise up. You know, it doesn't have to be that way. Okay. Nothing you said was wrong. First of all. I feel like I should be at the club. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing you said was wrong then. However, it's more about So, so it's, it's easier to redirect an object, a moving object, than it is to stop it, right? So I see this as a moving object that is obviously moving in the wrong direction and trying to re, 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 redirect it. And if carefully guided, you can actually steer this comet to crash on planet Democrat. Because when we start running the numbers on who devastated the black community, Oh, well, the problem falls right on the Democratic lap. So I'd say, you know, instead of having this be a a thing that Republicans are afraid of, go towards it and let the rock land on the Democrats, because that's who, I mean, it sure as hell wasn't Republicans around. It wasn't Republicans that had slaves. Okay. It was mostly Democrats. We all know this. Dixie crap. Yeah. Okay. 
So, yeah. so that, that, that's one part. Um, the other part is the other side, right? The people who are advocating for it, you know, it's going to end up. Yes, it absolutely. It's going to end up in the white liberals pockets. Good. But then we can stop talking about it. <laughs> Let's move on. You got your little reparations. You're happy now. It went to white liberals. Have you learned your lesson yet? You still have it. What are you going to cry about now? You know, I kind of just want to fast forward this shit so people can hurry up and learn the lessons so we can move on to some real shit like the shit yeah. you're trying to do. That's that's just my take. You sound like you're friends with Sonny Johnson, so I like it. I like it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Sonny Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Sonny Johnson. She gets mad at me sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> she, and she, I got to DM her and be like, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Why is she hard on you? What, certain matters or... Well, no, she's, Sonny's got tough love when it comes to me. I, it is love. And she does, you know, pull me back sometimes. And they're like, all right, Kim, you're getting a little too, you know. Okay. <laughs> so it, it's tough love. And I appreciate it. I appreciate all the conscious conservatives. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I, I really do. I really do. At the, at the end of the day, and I love the fact they're more on Fox News now. At the end of the day, um, they're the ones to me that have the most, the message that will resonate in the black community and uh, yourself as well. And, and so I think, you know, the more that we get people out there like them, you know, you got King Randall, you got Jeff Charles, you got uh, Keisha King, you got Felicia. You, I mean, there's a lot of people that actually have the message that would resonate in Baltimore to get people to vote Republican. Uh -huh. And so, you know, I, I respect that 100%. Shout out to Jeff Charles. I know, he's in love now. Yeah, I see him. Yeah, I I feel bad. Why? For Keisha or Jeff? For Jeff. It's never good Keisha? when a man it's it never it's never good when a man falls in love. Oh my gosh. I mean, she's amazing. She, I think I, I you know, it's I wouldn't take anything away from the woman. I think she's hit the jackpot. But anytime a man falls in love, a tree dies in the forest. Keisha's amazing. Are you kidding? <laughs> I don't. I don't know anything about her. Is she? I I met her in Florida. She's amazing, and people don't know this, but she can sing. Uh oh, she got talent, huh? She's got talent. She's intelligent. She's beautiful. I'm a fan. Okay, I haven't met Keisha. She could be superwoman for all I care. <laughs> <laughs> it's doomsday anytime a man falls in love. Jeff, call me. I will save you. You in a dark place. <laughs> No, <laughs> it's terrible. Um, I had a, I had a, uh, what love was earlier. Um, I, I have to recall it and, and polish it up. I'll bring that back. That thought back to the future. Um, but what do you think about my take on, on, on reparations? I think it's a good take for sure. Okay. Um, you know, I, I think we do need to, I mean, I see what you're saying, like, let's do it and show people that it was a flop right? so they can stop. I, I mean, I can see that because, you know, uh, gosh, was it? I think it was Barack Obama. He actually had a committee put together on our tax dime to evaluate whether or not we should have reparation. Evaluate. We spent yeah. millions of dollars to evaluate whether or not people should get reparations. <laughs> it was wild. And so I, I understand what you're saying on that part. Um, it is. It's, it's a talking point, right? It, it is a talking point. Even like immigration always a talking point. That's why they never do anything about it. It's a right. talking point. Um, well, well, look at the Biden amendment, right? Like, you know, they cried and said, oh my God, we have to get Trump out of here. Now it's like, look at the gas price is stupid. Have you learned yet? 
I know. I'm, it's crazy, but there's so many people. Did you see our state's attorney, Marilyn Mosley, was just indicted? Yes, in Baltimore City? I did see. Yes, yes, I did see that. There's people in Baltimore was like, oh, she didn't do nothing. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? <laughs> they were like, they're because she's black. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it's really wild to me, but, you know, for us as a community, I don't understand why we continue to prop up people that should not be propped up. And uh, I think we did that with President Barack Obama. Uh, I think we did that. Remember Eric Holder? He was terrible. Yeah. And people were like, oh, he's a black man. No, no, he's terrible. <laughs> VP Kamala Harris, my mom is a, is a Democrat. And she even calls me and she's like, why does she laugh all the time? What's so funny? <laughs> <laughs> my mom can't stand her. I'm like, mom, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with her. And she goes, well, I, you know, I don't like her. And she makes it, she's embarrassing us. And so, you know, it, it, to me, it's like, but she, you know, she was picked by the Biden administration. Remember they were like, win with black women. It was like duck, duck, goose, right? Between her, Susan Rice and Karen Bass. And I was like, out of Susan Rice, Karen Bass, you picked Kamala Harris? Like, really? Uh, so it was, it was odd to me, but I think sometimes we do that, right? We, we prop up people that we should not prop up. Yeah. And uh, we need to really learn backgrounds. I mean, things that Biden's saying today, if you knew Senator Biden, you knew he was racist. You already knew this, but but you didn't know Senator Biden. You know, you just voted for him because he wasn't Trump. And so it's, it's, it's tough to watch it. Yo, Candy, you're right. He said interviews, Kim spitting fire tonight. They loving it. Uh, huh? SV instead, he said, pay a small fee for this awesome interview from Kim Plus Plus. Ken and Hotep, he said, I love Sunny Johnson. I'm on her show tomorrow. Uh oh. Ken and Hotep on Sunny Johnson's show. Make sure y'all look out for that. That's going to be fire. Yeah. You, um, you're a little spicy. You're a little spicy, son. That's, that's my, that's, that's my problem. <laughs> you a little jalapeno. I'm, I'm, you know, it's this is what I say. I can go from West Baltimore to the West Wing. I'm a, I'm a little bit for the streets, right? <laughs> I'm for the streets, but I, you know, I'm not for the streets, and so it's, it's, it's tough because, uh, you know. Where, where, where your mama from? <laughs> so my parents, they're from, you know, they grew up in West Hartford, so they had it okay. Uh-huh. My dad grew up in foster care. My dad actually ended up being an executive at IBM mm-hmm. back in the eighties and did very well for himself. Mm-hmm. I grew up in PG County, shout out to uh, pretty girl County. <laughs> <I'm in Maryland. laughs> PG County. Yeah. So I grew up in PG County right outside DC. And then that's when I was really, you know, looking at what was going on in politics. So I, I grew up right there, but uh, oh, no, my, my mom, you know, she's, she's bougie and you know, we, we had it all right. And I left home and was like, you know, what's going on down the street? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, so I wanted to see, I wanted to see what everybody else was doing, right? I, I was very sheltered growing up. So, so yeah. your, your mama, you, you do it when you do her voice. It sounds like she got an accent. That's why I asked. Oh no, no, she's just very like, she's very proper. Yeah. Very proper. Like, like yeah. Whitney Gilbert ish. Yes, very proper. Very like I learned how to walk in heels with the book on my head. Really? Yeah. Very. I like, I like your mom. <laughs> I'd like to meet very her someday. Proper. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Is she still married? <laughs> Unfortunately, my dad passed away a couple years ago. That's unfortunate. So, yeah. 
That's unfortunate. It is unfortunate. That was, that was my number one fan. He was my biggest fan. I'm sorry to hear that. I'm sorry to hear that. It's not good. It's good news for me, though, since I'm single now. Oh, I'm my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. I do dark humor sometimes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's dark humor. That's what they call it. Okay. Um, they throwing jalapenos in the chat, peppers in the chat. They tell, they saying you're spicy. They saying you're spicy. She's definitely spicy. Oh, good. Um, the Green yeah. the Green Henry Show asked, he said, any book recommendations, Kim? Do you have any book recommendations for the people? They think I read. <laughs> oh, my God. Niggas don't read. <laughs> what are you thinking? No, no. I so I like biographies. So I'll read about people. I know a lot of people give a lot of a lot of crap, I should say, to Meghan McCain. Mm-hmm. But if you ever read Senator John McCain's biography, that man went through a lot. Mm. And I would say that was probably one of my, my favorites. Like learning about like just what he went through, the waterboarding. I mean, he went through a lot. Mm. Um, of course, I read the Midas Touch. Of course, I read many of President Trump's books. I actually read President Obama's biography. Okay. Uh, you know, I. You know what's interesting is I kind of feel for him a little bit. Um, like many mixed children, you know, I have a daughter who's five years old. I got stepkids that are mixed. I think a lot of mixed children get to a point where they feel like they have to decide which side to be on. Mm. And uh, President Obama actually talked about that in his book. I think, you know, Colin Kaepernick, even though we don't agree sometimes what they say, I do understand that they got to a point where they felt they had to pick. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I, I hope we get to a point in this country where we don't make people feel like they have to choose, right? If mm. they're, you know, down and that they're, you know, on this side. And, and so I think, I don't know, like I grew up, people told me, oh, you don't act black enough, right? They were like, oh, you, you, talk you white, white. actors. Yes, I got that all the time. And uh, I was like, really? Because I'm just being me, you know? But, <laughs> well, you're definitely, but, yeah. you're definitely oh. Caucasian persuasion. Okay. You definitely talk white, you know? Uh, you know, well, I, have, I have my moments where I talk white. I think you talk white better than me. You know, in fact, <laughs> um, I only date women that talk white. I'm sorry to anybody offended oh. by that. <laughs> I'm just, you know, like my lady, you know? She's she's, yeah. she's she's of your variety that bougie. She's light skinned. She's 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 bougie. Yeah, she, she likes well, so expensive I, things. I grew up in a house where we weren't allowed to talk speak slang. Oh. Uh, my my dad, you know, he had a heart, so we weren't allowed to speak slang. We, mm. you know, there was a lot of rules, and it was very strict at my home. And so, for us, you know, we wanted to speak slang. We wanted to be cool, but we weren't allowed. Oh, um, so, yeah. Same here. My dad's like, I didn't go all through all this for my kids to be like this. And then, you know, it was so funny. You remember when the white boys were trying to be black? You know, it was like a whole, and they might still do it. I don't know. The you see like a white boy? Yes. Yeah. My dad would be like, I don't get this concept. <laughs> He's like, I don't know anybody white that wants to be black. He said, this is wild. <laughs> <laughs> he would be all the time. He'd be like, dang, they want to be black? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, we, no, we had a strict upbringing. Daddy's Russell has the best take on that. He says it's because black culture has no boundaries. Um, to be white is to be sit like this, talk like this, don't do this, don't do that. You know, that Puritan type yeah. situation. Um, and, and, you know, that's the, it's actually the ancient progressive white culture that we practice today. You know, and I love it. 
I love it. I love that. <laughs> I love that shit. Clean your fucking act up, people. Um, <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> yeah, I have issues. I apologize. That's hilarious. What's in that cup you're drinking? Um, coffee. Actually, coffee. Oh, yeah. I thought it was heavy. No, no, I don't do, I don't do nigger drinks. I'm sorry. I mean, oh. um, excuse me. <laughs> Wait a minute. Excuse, excuse my European. Um, yeah, I prefer uh, not to. I, 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 I drink imported beers. Oh. Yeah. You're too bougie for me. I couldn't take you to Mar a Lago. You know, Trump, <laughs> Trump is like a, a dude, dude. So he'd be like, what? Like, yeah. <laughs> people don't know this, but he's not proper. Right. Not, a, not at all. I enjoyed that about him, actually. I did too. I yeah. did too. You know, from yeah. men, you know, that's what I expect. You got to have a little bit of rough around the edges. But for the women, put that book on your head and walk right. Female, <laughs> listen to your mama. That's what I love. I love that. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, who, you know, I'm sorry to just segue into this conversation, but we kind of got here. I think that women should set the standard for humanity. Yes. Right. Like, like women, when women say, Hey, you know, I can't be like a man. I can't do what men do. I feel like it's like, why would you want to reduce yourself to filth? Why would you want to reduce yourself to being a man? We scratch our nuts in public and sit funny and we stink. Like, why would you want to do that? Sometimes we don't care how we look. Most times we don't care how we look, but a woman, she cares how she looks. I feel like women set that standard. Do you, do you agree with that? I think uh, when we get to a certain point in our lives, um, I think a lot of women deal with insecurities. Mm. I know for me personally, I was insecure until I was about maybe 20 years old. Mm. And, uh, you know, I was a different person then. And so, but I do think, yeah, as women, like I said, I look back at Shirley Chisholm and so many other women that really paved the way, you know, they set the standard. And uh, I wish we could have continued to follow in their footsteps. Mm. Um, even now today, and, and I get, people don't like that I say this, but women leaving the house in their pajamas and the sat the satin bonnet cap. <laughs> right. Yes. I can't stand that. Oh, no. And it's like, and my mom is like, I don't understand. And I'm like, you know, to me, and when I, you know, go speak to young girls, like a mentorship or whatever, we have programs. And I just say, look, you never know when you're going to walk into your next employer yeah. or the next person that's going to get you the job that you've always wanted. Mm. And so when you walk out of the house with your pajamas and your slippers on and the satin bonnet cap, Mm. just understand you're not, you're not showing people your true potential, right? Mm. Always show people your potential. And so, yeah, I I say that some people don't like that. I say it, but I say it, Um, you know, those were meant to be worn in the house. And uh, you walk out that door. And, and that was one thing my dad always taught me. Like, you walk out of that door at your best at all times. Mm. Um, and you don't, you know, don't ever lower yourself. Mm. Uh, but I think sometimes for some reason, I see these trends today where it's like acceptable. And it's like, that's not acceptable. Mm. We're worth more than that. You don't see white girls walking around like that. Right. You don't see Asian girls walking around like that. Mm. Right. Mm. It's, 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 it's a thing where... I know sometimes we, we confuse it with culture, mm-hmm. but it isn't culture. It's just something where we, you know, really relaxed ourselves in society, but we got to get back to what we're capable of showing everyone that we are. Black women are the strongest women. I don't care 
we are the strongest women, I think, the strongest breed. Mm. We are rough around the edges. But then when we get in the boardroom, mm. we can make it happen. <laughs> you know, like we can do it, you know. And, and so sometimes I do feel like, you know, we lower ourselves at times. Mm. But again, I understand what it's like to have lower self-esteem. I, I, I went through that. So yeah. I, I've almost exclusively dated black women. You know, I've only, um, you know, touched the, the, the vanilla a couple of times. Just, you know, Eh, I don't like it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like I like the chocolate ice cream. Um, can I say something about that? Okay. So I dated mostly white guys, and people always ask me why. Uh oh. So when I was 15 years old, I developed alopecia. Okay. And I lost my hair. And every time I went out with a black guy, they mm -hmm. always would be like, well, "Let me see your real hair." The hair, white guys don't ask about hair ever yeah. and i wish we would get away from that <laughs> mm. i know it's different we talked today about natural hair and all that stuff but we put so much emphasis on things that don't make us successful right mm. we we invest in conversations mm. that don't do anything for us mm. and and i i just hope we can move out of that and so that's why people are like why you, you know you were married to a white guy da, da, da. And before mm. that you were with a white guy White guys never ask me about my hair. Never. Ever, like, ever, ever. You like you like white guys? You like dating white guys? They cool? I like all guys. Okay. Okay. Yes. Right. I like all guys. I, I, I respect it. <laughs> I respect it. I respect it. You know what I'm saying? We we can't offer you the same thing that the good white man can. <laughs> Look, my credit is already good. <laughs> I have good credit already. Like, <laughs> you know, well, are you familiar with the Muslim culture where they wear like the whole thing wrapped up and all you can see is the eyes? Yes. Oh, personally, I believe that person showing too much skin still. Oh my gosh. Why do you, why'd you jump like that? So I don't feel that way. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think y'all should come outside the house. Y'all shouldn't even come outside the house. Is this a joke? Are no, you I'm, joking? I'm, I'm semi-joking. I'm semi this is some more of my dark humor. But <laughs> <laughs> I kind of get where they're going, right? I kind of, I, I don't know, if, you know what I mean? You got to make it law. Like, hey, if you don't have this on, then, you know, we're going to beat you. It's like, hold on. We ain't got to beat them, dog. Like, <laughs> but, you know, um, the Bible say woman should, shouldn't leave a house without her head. You know, some of the orthodox, those women, they put on wigs so they not because they're not allowed to show their hair. So, you know, I, you know, like I said, I'm 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 a pure conservative, you know, from the ancient yeah. times. Now well, I think some people, they do get mad at me sometimes because I feel like, you know, I, I, I love being a woman. I'm very feminine. I, you know, show my sexuality like I I do. I don't wear the best clothes at all pictures are a little much uh, for some people but i i love being a woman so yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know I, I noticed that since we on the topic you know when 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 women get to congress they show a little bit less and you're a little bit less conservative um i think that's a superpower would you agree or disagree because it's like we in the age of where hey sex sells so yeah you're like no i look good hey let's win right 
Yeah. I mean, my, I was taught use all of your strengths. Right. Like I don't go to the gym for nothing. Like, you know, <laughs> right. Right. I mean, I, I, for me, it's kind of like, look, this is how I want to dress. I'm, I'm sure if I, if I make it to Capitol Hill, people will complain. Um, but I'm, I'm not going to start wearing pantsuits. Like think about right. VP Kamala Harris. She didn't, she didn't dress like that before. Right. She showed a lot more. And yeah. so now that she's, you know, when she went to the Senate, she covered up a lot more. Hmm. Um, you know, maybe it could be with age also. Um, but I'm, I'm still going to be me. Yeah. Um, um, hey, yeah. do you let the haters hate? You know what I mean? Cause haters ain't nothing but distractions that want to be in your life. Um, mm -hmm. Alex said, I like him with the full on burka. Word. That's sexy. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Um, wow. Well, uh, no. huh? What? What? Yeah. Don't say it. 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 Um, we don't what? want, we don't want to get you canceled. What? No, we just don't want you to get you. Canceled. We want you to win. You know, I don't want you to say anything that might get you canceled. You've said a lot tonight no, already. That... Say, like, you know, I don't think we do that here. That's all. We don't do America is different. Oh yeah, I guess, you know, you, I mean, you, you, I, you know, to be frank, people going to say you look like an IG model. I wouldn't argue that. That's not nice. That's not nice. <laughs> oh, I thought that was a compliment. I'm sorry. Oh, are they hot? Okay. Yeah, they hot. I mean, that's why they got millions of followers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, thank know. you. Yeah, I, the, 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 I mean, let's let's call a spade a spade. The guys are in the chat. They ain't here because they want to hear politics, although you do a great job with it. Um, what I mean, you know, we're, we're just frank about it here. Um, and uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, Kim, thank you so much for gracing my platform. It's been an epic conversation. Um, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Thank you. Um, you know, like you didn't expect this. I, I didn't expect you to come so strong. You know, I was like, oh, she's going to be weak. You're pretty freaking strong. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The Thanks. expectations were low. It's just, you know, we had that run in on the, on the internets. Um, well, it's okay. I, I keep expectations low. Cause I don't want people to, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've grown over the years. So, Hey, I'm just a student. You know, I just want to learn from people. I just want to, just want to hear, um, you know, people's perspectives and why they do what they do. Uh, so I can get a rounded uh, perspective of what's going on, you know? Um, and you provided uh, a, a wonderful perspective tonight, and I appreciate you spending your Thank time. Thank you, on ladies and gentlemen. Kim Clasey. Uh, if this is your first time on the platform, hit the subscribe button uh, to get notified. I'm Hotep Jesus. Love y'all. I'm out of here. I'm gonna just let the.